Good morning. I'm here with Michelle and um, attempting to do my first podcast um, on fertility. So good morning, Michelle. Thank you for making the time. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me, Fiona. So Michelle, you have been um, having issues with your fertility since 2015, I think. Um, could you give me an idea of what alerted you to the fact um, that there were issues around fertility for you? Yeah, of course. So. Um I got married back in 2013 and I suppose like some people you get married and you kind of start thinking about a family. So personally I thought I was in a very good place. I had really regular periods growing up, got my period when I was 13, never had any major issues with you know cramps or anything and pretty all good and I was 31 so I thought I'm a good age. Yes. Getting yeah. married and hoping to have children. And you still had time. And I still had time. And then also very sensibly, I stopped taking the pill maybe about six months before um, the wedding, really and truly only because I needed a prescription. And I thought, do you know what? This is a good time. I'll stop taking the pill. And had you been on the pill for, for long? I probably had been on it for about 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Well, so okay. quite a long time. Um, so then we moved into a house. So we were, you know, like we'll enjoy this now for a few months so around January 2015 we thought oh, it would be nice now to have a baby I was aware like it takes you know at least six to twelve months you know I wasn't panicking when I yes. wasn't pregnant after month one and looking back on it I wasn't one bit worried we were just enjoying our life we had a lovely new house and we were enjoying married life you know yep. going on holidays and everything but then after about kind of eight or nine months, I suppose it started coming into my head like, oh, like nothing has happened. And I'm quite a proactive person. So yeah. I just thought, you know what, when I'm at my GP, I'll just mention it to her. So And sorry for interrupting. Can I ask at this point, had you been tracking your cycle? Did you have any idea of when you were fertile or I were you just kind of had you know, the app, you know, maybe like not even after maybe six or seven months I maybe got an app I certainly wasn't doing anything like ovulation predictor kits or anything okay. like that um, but I pretty much thought okay I have a 28 day cycle I got the usual um, symptoms of ovulation you know the cervical mucus and things like that so okay so you were actually watching it. those yeah yeah okay, brilliant um so I went and my GP suggested doing the bloods so the day three and day 21 I think it is so I did those and she also referred my husband to get the semen analysis. So I just thought these are really good basic tests to get done. Actually, you saying about the semen analysis, that's really interesting. Your GP is obviously very proactive mm -hmm. because I'd find I get a lot of people in here in the clinic and the females have been going through months of, and months of having different tests done, which are obviously quite invasive, a lot mm -hmm. of them. Yes. And that, and I asked the, the question, um, what's your, your husband's semen analysis? What's the sperm count like? And I find they say, oh, we haven't done that yet. Oh, wow. So, yeah, quite incredible. So, yeah, yeah no, fair because there's GP. no point, I suppose, in going down the road of all the female tests if you do happen to find that there is a male factor issue. So, yeah, no, she Absolutely. referred him straight away. Now, maybe he also goes to a GP in that practice. Maybe she was aware that that's what would happen if he went to his GP. Yes. So, no, we were delighted with Brilliant. that. Um, all the tests came back fine. Great. Um, but again, it took a couple of months, so that was fine, and we were still trying in the meantime. So she suggested really if we wanted to move forward, the next step was to be referred to a fertility clinic. Okay. And at 
the time and there was a new clinic had opened and she was actually going to their open night that week so she was saying look do you want to be referred to this one it was right next to the office where I worked so I thought do you know what there's no harm in going to speak to them again that takes time as anything does consultations so more time passed um so we went for the consultation which is a really strange feeling to be like, gosh, what am I doing sitting here in a fertility clinic? Yeah, you know, I have when... regular periods. My husband's fine. Yes. So yeah. what in the name of God is this about? And he, w- he was straight to the point. The consultant was like, if you want to start IVF next month, you can. I was like, no way. Like, I'm, yeah. I mean, I probably was 32 now at this stage. I was like, oh, Were you no. shocked? I was shocked. I was yeah. like, I want to find out what's wrong with us. Yes. That was my attitude at the time. So he said, that's absolutely fine. So the you have to go through then a series of tests. So you do like a full blood profile that you can get some of them done at your GP, but I suppose it's more thorough at the fertility clinic. So full female profile, full male profile. They also did an extra test on my husband. So the DNA fragmentation, yes, which is really good. important as yep. well. So they covered that out. Um, I then had to get tests done um, it's where they like put the saline through your tubes just to make sure they're open. Um, and unfortunately, it seemed like one of them was blocked. OK. Um, now, to be honest, I was thrilled with this news as in, okay, it kind I was of like, it gave you a reason could be wrong. <laughs> yes. We can fix it. So, or, you know, yes. if you do IVF, you don't need your tubes to be open, for example. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, this now was still a couple of number of months past, like you don't go for your consultation and get your scan and your test the next week. You know, this was progressing further along into 2015. So they suggested I'd have to go for a lap and die. Okay. So once you're into the whole hospital situation, then you have to go to the the, to the consultant, see them first and then get your date for the procedure. Um, luckily enough, I have private health insurance, so I'm sure that sped things along. Yes. Um, so I went for the lap and die, and to be honest with you, with the most awful woman I've ever met in my fertility journey. She never asked me how I was. She was so mean. She was just very, like, in and out. I'd say she probably did, like, 10 lap and dies that day. She wasn't one bit compassionate. Okay. And I was not a positive experience. It turns out, though, my tubes were clear. But she found out that I had a growth on my uterus. Okay. So when I woke up, um, I've had many general anaesthetics over the years and I don't react great to them and I do wake up quite upset. And she was standing there with me saying, oh, you have something on your uterus and you're so fat. I couldn't even get the thing in your stomach. Like your stomach is so fat and all this stuff. I was like, I mean, oh my I'm God. skinnier then than I am now. Oh my God, I was <laughs> going to say, and you're not fat. Oh my God, and this was years ago, I definitely wasn't. So it was an awful experience to learn in that way that I I had now something else to deal with. So you're in a very vulnerable place yes. in the first place, mm-hmm. and that then you meet this terrible person who's really, and you know, you're, you're in a position where actually the whole topic around this yes. is hugely emotive, mm-hmm. and you've got somebody who's the compassion of a table um and then they say that to you so did you now feel that in some ways this was your fault because you were apparently so fat she couldn't even oh my god yes I was so upset um plus look I was there on my own at the time at whatever time she came in she could have waited for my husband maybe but I was upset after the general anesthetic I was groggy it just wasn't the time so I very bad memories like 
I think this time was the worst time that I went through yeah. in in the journey. Um, so anyway, I went home. You know, at that time, I, I felt like it was nearly nice to be having a medical procedure because you got a sick note and you had time off work. So I think okay. I had like 10 days off work that time. And look, I just took it easy. But then I had to process again that I had something else. So she wrote back to the fertility clinic and they said that we couldn't proceed with any fertility treatment while I had whatever this was. So I then got referred on to another consultant um, who's actually a fantastic consultant and um, but he does an awful lot of work um, for people who have cancer. So I wasn't the number one priority on the list, yes. which I understood completely, but he was the best in the business and he was who I was referred to. So I was happy to wait for him. And at this time, had you been told whether it was a polyp, a cyst, no, a fibroid? They weren't sure. Okay. Um, and I would have to go to see this consultant and have, you know, whatever he decide, deemed necessary. So I ended up being scheduled um, for a myomectomy. Yes. So he said really until we had the surgery, he wouldn't know what um, he was dealing with. But it was worrying because when you have anything done, you know, in this area, like they're saying to you, there's a risk of hysterectomy. There is, you yes. know, there's a lot oh of my risks coming yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah. Of and again, I'm like, how am I here? How am I the normal person who I thought would just be getting pregnant and having a baby to being now referred to another surgery. But he was really compassionate and really understanding. Um, and I went for that surgery. Had to do loads of MRIs and the usual. So got through all those and went for it. So it turned out I had um, a growth on my round ligament. So right next to my uterus. uterus so it wasn't yes. on my uterus, uterus which was good yes. news. So he removed that. Um, and honestly, that was one of the toughest surgeries I've ever had to overcome. I couldn't even sit up. I couldn't get out of the bed. Like before my husband would go to work, he'd like lift me up to a sitting position because I couldn't get up from lying up. Okay. It was really painful, um, but it was gone and he had taken okay. it away. And how long was the recovery? So in 2015, I have a very spotty work history. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, in the end, I took three weeks off for that surgery. But that year, I think I took up to nine weeks off work. It was a tough yeah. year. Absolutely. And then I won't go into this in too de much detail, but because I had to have MRIs um, before this surgery, I found out then that I had something wrong with my kidney in the middle of all of this. Oh, my God. So yeah. I got sent to like another consultant and I had to go for another general anaesthetic. Like two weeks after the myomectomy, the anesthesiologist was like, what's wrong with your hand? I was like, I was here two weeks ago. <laughs> It turns out I've nothing wrong with my kidney. I was born that way, but I had to go down this other route. Right. And that's the thing, I suppose, about starting to investigate your fertility. You start going for MRIs and CTs. And yes, and it, throws up, it could throw up anything. And yeah. like then when you're going for the MRIs, they're like, are you sure you're not pregnant now? You can't go for the MRI if you're pregnant. And you just want to scream at them. This is why I'm, I'm here. here. Like, I am not pregnant. But look, it all got sorted. So that was 2015. So Sim said, because I'd had the surgery, I can go ahead with the fertility treatment. So they recommended IUI. Okay. So we're in 2016 now. So we were happy to go with IUI. We were the candidates for it, let's just say. My AMH, um, still to this day actually, is very good. I have an AMH of 25. Wow. Um, which again is perplexing, right? But anyway, um, we were young, healthy. We had 
my husband had no issues either. So they recommended IUIs. And so IUI, just for anybody who doesn't know, yes. probably most of the population does. So IUI is, I guess, insemination. People probably yes. know it as. So um, you do take all of the drugs um, at a much lower level than IVF, um, yes. mostly injectables. Um, the goal would be to have one to two eggs, so much less That's than right. IVF. And then you have a procedure where they insert um, your partner's um, semen into you into with the catheter. Yeah. That's right. But um, they give you a, tr a trigger injection first, don't yes. they? So th to make sure that you've actually you ovulate and you yeah. release the eggs. Exactly. So basically, it's having all the th all the parts there yes. at the right time. Exactly. And I suppose they know the egg is there. They know it's ovulated. And I suppose they take the best sperm, sperm. out of yeah. the sample and they put them right next to each other. So I suppose if you had any issues with how the sperm travels or can it meet your egg or anything like Absolutely. that, yeah. um, the chances of IUI working at that time were around 20%. So I think that's the normal it is. for yeah. 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 all healthy people. But I felt like it was 20% more chance that it would work than any other month because we'd had no success. Um, so that was hard to get used to. So you have to take all the drugs. You go and collect like the biggest bag of drugs from the chemist, you know, compared to just going to get your Panadol or whatever. Exactly. And how did you find injecting yourself? So I didn't find it too bad. Um, I took it quite seriously, you know, I did all my homework and making sure I was doing it all properly. Um, I was probably only doing one to two injections every day, which isn't that many um, compared with some of the rounds of IVF. But... It was fine. I don't mind it. I don't mind that part. I felt positive. Yes. You feel like you're actually doing something doing that something. could work. Absolutely, yeah. So I did, um, we did the IUI, but it didn't work. So, okay. you know, the emotional disappointment, you've so much hope, and especially the first one. Yes, absolutely. Um, so what happens is you wait 18 days after an IUI, and you can just take your home pregnancy test, and it didn't work. So we okay. were devastated. Yes. I mean, after doing... All of that work, um, paying the money. I mean, there's a huge Absolutely. financial part to this of as course. well. They had told us, though, like it takes up to three, four IUIs. So that was February 2016. And I wanted to do another one in March. But um, when I went in, I had a cyst. So this can happen. You go for your baseline scan and you can have cysts, fibroids, lots Absolutely. of different things. So it was cancelled. And I was devastated, devastated. Um, but it was actually my birthday, so we just went to Clarny and went to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to do what you have to do. Absolutely, a bit of light relief in it all. You have to, yeah, yeah. And in hindsight... Um, it was probably the best thing you did. <laughs> yeah, I've learned that now. And you know that, Fiona, since you've got to know me, like, in my journey now, in this day and age, I do take, you know, if I have to do another round, I take a long gap. I think when you're in it you can just feel like i have to i have to i have to i have to keep going but you don't a break can do you the world a good yes yeah. um i did one then in april so rushed straight into it again really but that was a bit of a different cycle i ended up having three eggs and which is like overachieving but they don't want you to overachieve <laughs> no, because they don't they want don't. you this isn't like the american forums where people are saying to you and they transferred five eggs back in like it's no, not like that here it's a lot more conservative yeah so I had to go, they wanted to cancel. I remember I was at the like the checkout in Aldi. Like this is the thing, like you're just doing normal, of real course. life stuff. 
and the personality wants you to pay for your groceries and you're trying to talk to the consultant who you know you won't get back on the phone because when they of course, ring you, so you they have ring to you. take the, the call. And there yeah. I am, like probably crying at the checkout in Aldi when they're telling you they're going to cancel your cycle. But they agreed that they would do an egg extraction. So I had to go okay. in and be sedated and get an egg removed and then they would allow me go ahead with the IUI. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. But look, I felt proactive. I felt like, what else can we do? And you learn as you go. Yeah. Anyway, that one didn't work either. So this was now April. I don't know. We did one more because they say to you, you have, you know, three, three is kind of the is magic what they number. Say, yes, yeah, yeah. And with IVF, it, I, I, I know people say IVF is harder than IUI. I'm not sure if I fully agree with that because I've done both. Um because you're as invested in each one. Of course. But we felt like we always had IVF to go to. Yes. Yeah. So we said, oh, IVF is obviously far more expensive as well. So I think an IUA that time was about €1,200, Euro, which is still a huge amount of money. But we felt, let's just do one more. So my one of my closest friends was getting married on, I think, like early June. And we were going on our holidays for two weeks. So we just said, if we can get one done, we'll just do it now. And we'll know then after the holidays what we, and we can decide about what our next steps yes. are. So that IUI, I think I wasn't that invested in. I wouldn't, wouldn't say I wasn't negative. I was um, neutral, I suppose is yes. the right word. Yeah. Actually, in hindsight, do you think maybe that you were more relaxed? I was completely more relaxed. Yeah. I actually was like, I'm just doing this now so they can tell us we can do the idea. We could, yeah, you were, it was nearly a stepping stone. Yeah. Like, yeah, we've ticked all the boxes and yes. oh, yeah, when I come back from holidays, I'll be doing yeah, that. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, at the time, I was like doing Slimming World and stuff and I had last night and I did feel very good about okay. myself. I hope you went back to that awful nurse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> look at me now. Look at me now. <laughs> Um, but so I did all the injections, but I was kind of caught up. My friend was getting married. It was really exciting, you know. Good. And so distracted from distracted. the whole thing. Distracted. And I remember um, we went for the IUI procedure. It was the first of June. I remember it was a beautiful sunny day. And, you know, the practicalities came in. I drove up from home. My husband must have been working somewhere in the city. He came to meet me. He got his lunch, we sat outside. I ate a bag of cheese and onion tatoes sitting outside an hour before my <laughs> IUI treating myself and we went for the IUI so that was fine went to the wedding had a fabulous time didn't drink or anything you know I wouldn't during the treatment I'd be yes you go that way um which is a whole other thing that people will understand about going to things and not drinking and you're like everyone will think I'm pregnant and I'm not but yes you know, of course yes. and you don't want them asking why either no because yeah. you're not pregnant um so that was fine. We had a fabulous time and we went off on our holidays. So we decided um, that we would go to the south of France and to Spain. And we went to this beautiful, tiny village full of wineries in the south of France. And you weren't drinking. I wasn't drinking. So I brought the test with me because you have to do the test of course. after 18 days or whatever. I threw it in the bag. And to be honest, it wasn't even on my mind. But we were there maybe two days and we went out and I ended up drinking loads of wine. And the next morning I felt so guilty. I was like, will we just do the test now and get this over and done with? Yes, so that I know what so I can go I do know. for the rest of the holidays. Yes, <laughs> because I felt so bad. So anyway, I went in and did the test. We were in this tiny little like, gorgeous hotel in the south of France. 
and I was never one for looking at pregnancy tests like I just would put them up on the sink and go away for the three minutes okay and so anyway we were just chatting away and then I was like I'll just go and check now whatever and then you know we were planning out we were leaving that day and I went in and I saw the two lines oh my god I, we, like we, we practically ran out of there out of the bathroom and we just sat in the bed again and we left the test inside the bathroom <laughs> like it is the weirdest experience. So it was positive. I was oh, wow. pregnant. I hadn't felt one bit different the last times. I was convinced it, yeah, hadn't, it worked. hadn't worked. I felt even worse then for drinking the for bottle based, of wine. Basting the baby. <laughs> basting the baby in a bottle of wine. Oh, oh well. my God. Um, so I sent my husband to the chemist. I was like, you have to go now. The chemist was like, I and mean, what? And for what? Get another, another one? Test. Oh my God, <laughs> oh, yeah, another okay. test. <laughs> so the chemist was like, in this room isn't that big here, Fiona, like a quarter this size. Yes. Nobody spoke English. He was oh like trying to get Le Clearview Digital or whatever it was. <laughs> so I was pregnant. I was pregnant. Fantastic. We couldn't believe it. Um, so we were leaving that day to go to Spain. So we'd rented a car and my mother had given me her intentions and we were supposed to go to Lourdes but it was lashing rain so we had decided the night before we probably wouldn't go to Lourdes so the minute this happened we got in the car and we went to Lourdes like I'm not you know really yeah. that religious or anything okay. but we went to Lourdes I was so, going to say after, <laughs> after the wine now don't tell me you didn't go to Lourdes we went to Lourdes <laughs> um, I couldn't believe it we actually didn't even really talk about it to be honest for the yeah, rest of the holiday of my husband like we'd go to the supermarket and he'd get a few beers and I'd go to the chemist and get another pregnancy test I'd say I did one every day but we didn't really talk about it so then we were like, I suppose we better ring the fertility clinic. So we were on holidays. We weren't going to be back. So we went and we did the blood tests and everything was fine. And we were so happy to be pregnant. Amazing. Yeah. So it worked and it does work. Um, so everything was perfect. And we went to went back to that consultant, actually, who did my myomectomy. He also delivers babies. So we went back okay. to him and that was lovely. And nine months later, I had a little boy. Fantastic. So Super. Two and a half now. So that's. Um, you know, it does work. Yes. That is where we got to on that round of our journey. Oh, brilliant. And it even works when you down a bottle of wine. And have a bag of potatoes, yeah. And have a bag of potatoes <laughs> beforehand. Yes. Would you say genuinely that you, that last time, um, albeit you were only doing it to tick a box mm -hmm. realistically, that the relaxation, the fact that you actually weren't so invested and that you were far more relaxed and chilled out, Genuine, would you think that had an impact on the outcome? I think it had an impact. And I think as well, because it was my third, um, it has a cumulative effect. Okay. And you're also being good from, like, so I started probably in February. So, you know, you're not having wine and you're not drinking at weddings and things like that. So it probably all adds well. up and you're yes. eating well and things. But definitely, I was super chilled out. It wasn't on my mind. I also was on holidays, I suppose. I wasn't going to work and things like that. So yeah, absolutely. I think it all helps. For it sure. all helps. Yeah. So move on. There's a second part <laughs> to your journey. Part of my journey. So I don't know if for those who are listening. Um, I thought once I have one child, I'll be so grateful after all this journey. I'll never want another child again. But it you do. Work like that. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, and I suppose um, the difference is you now want your child to have a brother or sister. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I hear you. So don't get me wrong, I was not thinking about this on my maternity leave. I was just so thrilled to be, you know, that person who got to buy a buggy and went on maternity leave and I absolutely. didn't have to go to work for nine months. Like, it was amazing. And I went back to work full time. And, 
you know, then you do start thinking like, oh, maybe I would think about it again. So we went back to the fertility clinic and actually our consultant had left in the meantime. So we met a new consultant, a new doctor. And, you know, he just said, there's a couple of tests you probably need to do again. Um, just the AMH and things. So everything was fine. It was all the same, even though I was a few years older. And he still suggested doing IUI and we said fine. So I did two IUIs and neither of them worked. Okay. So at that point then he said, it's time to move on. And we were happy, more than happy to do that. Um, it is more difficult as well, you know, like working, doing fertility treatment, having a toddler, dropping to crash, all of that. But of we were happy to do it. So we thought IVF is going to solve all our problems. Like we were really optimistic. So last August, 12 months, we did an IVF. I don't think I did any prep going into it. Um, in all honesty, I just suddenly landed and I was doing an IVF. Okay, what do you mean by prep? So like, I don't think I was probably taking my vitamins. Okay. You know, I wasn't. Watching your diet. Watching my diet. Yeah. I was busy and I know everyone's busy and you can yeah. have that excuse. I wasn't going to acupuncture or anything like that. Okay. So I think we were just so optimistic that the medication alone was going to solve so, all of yeah. our problems yeah. because we have unexplained infertility and they never found anything wrong with us. Um, that must be difficult in itself. Really difficult. Um, the only thing that I was tested for that time round with the new doctor was around my thyroid. So um, I guess in real life, my thyroid is fine, but for fertility, it's not. Yes. So I did do those tests and I also tested positive um, for a thyroid antibody, which means you can attack your own system. System, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, in theory, I could have been attacking, you know, the eggs, the embryos, the sperm, who knows? Yes, yeah. So I was put on medication for that. And that's a really important point, I think. Um, just your GP, you know, if you go for bloods and they just leave your voicemail to say everything's fine, it's okay to ask for copies of your bloods and ask for them to yes. be printed and, yeah. you know, read through them and ask questions, which I would never have done previously. Or if you have some things that you want to get tested, just ask your GP to add them onto the blood yeah. profile you know it's important information to have i agree with you i tend to um say it to all my clients now one of the first things you know they come in and they tell me that the bloods are fine and stuff and one of the first things i say is okay what's been tested and when it's been tested and again sometimes i'm a bit gobsmacked when i see okay yes you have got regular bloods you might have the fsh on day three you might have the day 21 bloods in inverted commas um, i say in inverted commas that's to check the progesterone to see have you ovulated and the reason i say inverted commas is because day 21 is the correct day to take those bloods if you have a 28 day cycle mm -hmm. now to be honest actually the majority of us don't yeah. you know we might have a 26 day cycle or we might have a 30 or a 32 so in fact that that day 21 blood for some people could be actually should be a day 23 blood yes. or it should be a day 18 blood mm -hmm. and that and so you can get an inaccuracies and the other thing i find is that a lot of gps they're really busy as well they're snowed under and you know if you go in and if you tend to say oh I, can i just get my bloods checked and my hormone levels checked 
that's exactly what they'll do. Um, but maybe if you gave volunteer the information, I'm going for fertility treatment, mm -hmm. I'm having difficulty, then they would think to do, you know, vitamin D, yes. very important, you know, and the thyroid is very important. And again, a lot of the time, regular thyroid checks are just t testing like TSH, yes. whereas you actually need to know your free T4, your free T T3. Mm -hmm. Because as you pointed out, the parameters that are, are kind of considered normal for just general health aren't exactly the same parameters as are, that are optimum yes. for fertility. No, I agree. Yeah. And you have to be your own advocate. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I wasn't like yeah. in the first part of my journey. But you wouldn't have even known. You wouldn't have even known you're right. And I was lucky to get pregnant with, you know, but yes. you know, this time has been different and it has made me wiser. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the thyroid antibodies definitely is a big thing. It well. is a yeah. big thing. And even, you know, in speaking to you during my acupuncture journey, now I'm, you know, taking the different mushrooms. And yes, you're like taking the medicinal help. mushrooms yeah. to help with those. Which yeah. all helps. And, you know, for anyone listening who has unexplained infertility, it just makes you feel better to be proactive. Absolutely. And if you can find something, and maybe it's a combination of things. Yes, but I'd agree. But you're addressing yeah. them. Um, so back, I mean, so we did the IVF um Back in the August. Back in the August. And I took all the medication, so I was on a lot more medication this time round. And so the difference then with the IVF is they take your eggs out in an egg collection procedure and they then mix them with the sperm and you have to see do they fertilize if they yes. fertilize and live to day five in my fertility clinics. Um the way they work, it's day five and you get some transferred back in. Yes. So the first step, the first milestone is getting the eggs. So at the egg collection, I got like 12 or 13 eggs. We were super, thrilled. Super. But this is now after you have to go on the pill first, don't you? Yes, yes. you take the pill you, for a yeah, month. To make yeah. your ovaries quiescent. And then you end up on a cocktail of drugs that they, that the clinic and yourself kind of, well, that the clinic comes up with yes. for you. Yes, you do. And... I mean, again, I didn't have anything wrong with me. I had really good AMH. Well, I know that's the number, right? We still don't know the quality, which is yes. what I've learned a huge amount about, about the quality over the last year or so. But, you know, they treated me based on, I got pregnant on an IUI. Yes, I absolutely. carried a baby to term with no issues. So we were thrilled. We left on high. We had 13 eggs. I mean, like... In my mind, we were, you know, they freeze them. If you've too many, they freeze them. And, you know, in yes. my mind, you just pop back then the year later, you know, and they defrost them and you get them back. <laughs> and then you get another one. <laughs> and then you get another one. But um, the next day, so they ring you then between, I think it's like eight and 12, like five to 12. They still don't ring me. I was like, this is not good news. So they rang and it turns out that 11 of them, the eggs were not mature. Oh, wow. Okay. So they weren't eggs. I, d I mean, I'm not good at the terminology, but like they were not fit yeah. for purpose. Fit for, exactly. So we yeah. only had two. So okay. the two of them fertilized. And then they they don't call you again till day three, which I actually like because you're not sitting by your phone. Yes. Okay. On day two saying, are they going to ring? Are they going to ring? Right. You're not going to hear from them. Um, They rang on day three and they were like, one has gone. You only have one left. One left. Okay. They were like, we're not even sure this is going to make it. Okay. So, oh my God, they were so kind, the people who work in the lab. And, you know, one girl came in, especially the next day. It could have been a weekend. I can't really remember. She came in and she rang me. She was like, I just came in, especially to check yours, you know. Uh, she yes. was like, it looks like it's okay. She was like, come in for the day five transfer. But it wasn't very hopeful. And I think we were 
absolutely devastated. Even though we had one, we went from 13 to one. And there's no explanation from that immaturity. It just happens in really rare cases, which is really unfair. You've yes. paid all your money, like we're talking between five and 6,000 euro. There's no going back once you've had the collection. Do you know what I mean? Yes. There was no cancelling. Yeah. We were devastated, but we went and we got the one back in, um, but it didn't work. To be honest, though, I was probably not in a good place. Like, I just felt very negative. It was a bad experience. Okay. I found it very hard to turn myself back around to be like, well, at least we have one. We'll go and get that put back yes. in. Yeah. Um, and it didn't work. Which we thought IVF was going to solve all of our problems. So that was August. So, I mean, what are we on now? Round six of infer- infertility treatment. Mm-hmm. I have been this person since I was 31 years of age. I was like 37 now. I was 36 probably at the time. <clears throat> I was kind of allergic to this life of going for appointments, injecting myself, failure. I was still trying to go to work five days a week. Of course. And you have a toddler. I have a toddler. I have friends that I like to see. I have <laughs> yes. family. Um, you have a life. And I have a life. And you can't really plan anything when you're in this like fertility journey. You know, you can't be like, oh, I'm just going to go off on holidays there now because you first need the money to do the treatment. But also... For me personally, if I was doing an IVF, I wouldn't fly off on my holidays the next day. You know, I like to be at home and things. So we talked a bit more about what we would do. So we said we would do one more and that was it. So I thought, well, we're going to do everything right now. And when I say everything right, what I mean is not just land with your bag of drugs and you're suddenly starting IVF. So... You know, I started doing all my vitamins. I Like folic acid, I always took. Don't get me wrong. Yes. That's not what I'm talking about. So, you know, taking CQ10 for your egg yes. quality. Very good. Eating the right foods. Because I think the quality, it made me realise after the August one, the quality is the most important. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if you've 13, if 11 of them are immature. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd rather have gotten three. And three yes. were good quality. Well, good quality. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. And that's really when I thought about acupuncture. Okay. Um. I just thought, I'm going to do everything and I'm going to have no regrets. And I went and started coming to you. That's right. For, like, my egg quality. I didn't really know what other benefits I would get. Um, and I remember meeting, like, going for the first acupuncture. And I didn't expect to feel any better. I think I expected, like, this was all going to be on my insides. Yes, And I okay. would just come every week but like I started feeling really good. Like I was getting other things out of it. Oh, that's like, good to know. <laughs> yeah, I just felt like life was a little bit more manageable. Yes. You know, it was nothing like all of a sudden I felt amazing. But it was kind of my one hour of alone th- time every week. I yes. made sure I had that time to come to switch off. And I felt better for it. With right. obviously the upside of helping me get ready. For the IVF. For the IVF, yes. And would you, when you went on that healthy diet and everything like that, obviously the egg is only half the equation. Yes. And what about your husband? Would he have then, you know, been quite mindful about his diet? Would he have taken vitamins as well? And yeah, no, he would. He'd be brilliant. Like, I mean, we're pretty healthy anyway. Um, but yeah, no, he did um, take, you know, the different vitamins that were recommended, some of the stuff from you and other things just generally to keep his health in check. Um no, and he's really conscious, like we wouldn't, like we would avoid like sauna, steam rooms, all that sort of yes. stuff. Like we try our best to 
to do what we need to do. One thing I learned as well, I think, from coming to you is like, you need to give yourself time. Like, you can't just make your eggs better quality the week before IVF. No. Like, yeah. your eggs are there and they Take need to be three taken to, three care Three to four of. months, yeah. Yeah. Three to four months, yeah. So we had in our mind we would do an IVF in January. So I think maybe I came to you around this time last year, October. It was, yeah, yeah, about um, October, November, yeah. And, you know, we did the medicinal mushrooms and all of that sort of stuff. And I just think I felt ready for it. And it was our last go. I wouldn't say I treated it like my last IUI when I got pregnant like that. I was like, oh, we're just doing this. We were really invested and yes. we were doing all the right Extremely, things. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we started in January of this year. They changed my medication, which I was happy for them to do at the clinic because I suppose I'd had the same medication for years and although I got pregnant on it um, with my son it didn't seem to have done anything for me when for it came the to the IVF, IVF even yes. though it was in a higher quantity so they changed me over to another drug and um, unfortunately I didn't get as many eggs as they thought um, but I got I think it was six and we also decided to do ICSI. So for people who don't know what that is, is um, previously in our IVF, I, you know, I'm not good at all the medical stuff, but they put the egg and the sperm in a dish together, let's just say, and they let it do their thing. That's but with right. ICSI, they pick out a really good sperm and they inject it into, That's right, the, egg. into the egg. Yeah. So they were telling me like, you could just have something like a really hard shell on your egg, like as in they're really... That's right, yes. There's all sorts of things can be going mm -hmm. on. So we were happy, and of course that was more money, but we were happy to pay it. So out of the six, four fertilised. So we were thrilled. Four, yes. four fertilised, we were delighted. Again, quality over quantity. Yes, absolutely. So we just felt like, look, if we're starting with four on day one, there's a chance we'll get to day five. Yes. Um, and we did, we got two on day five. five. And I suppose what else I did differently this time is, you know, I would have been coming to you any week, every week anyway, but, you know, the day of the transfer, then I would come and see you before right. and after. And, you know, with the implantation, I think that's really helpful. Yes. Um, so we did that and we had two to put in. So we put the two in. We were happy to do that. Um, I know there's a chance of twins and they go through all the risks and stuff with you, but we were happy to go for it. So that was the transfer. And then, like, five days later, I was so sick, so sick, like, I had to be pregnant. So I went and bought a test and I was pregnant and I couldn't believe it. But, you know, secretly, I was like, I deserve it. We did all the hard work. Yes. yes. I had no regrets. Yeah. Um, so it was great. We were delighted. And when you do fertility treatment, you get like a seven week scan. That's right. Yes. So I guess um, if you weren't doing fertility treatment, it might be 12 or 13 weeks before you'd get a scan. So we went for that scan and it was on actually on my son's second birthday because we were off for his birthday and we went for the scan and we heard the heartbeat. There was one baby. So, I mean, as much as I want kids, there was a slight like, oh, it's not twins. <laughs> <laughs> so we were thrilled. There was one baby heartbeat, like it was like six weeks. Um, in a couple of days so we were delighted with life and I think that was the first time we actually let ourselves be excited, excited. yeah yes. um, so that was fine um, you also take a lot of drugs um, when you get pregnant with That's fertility right. treatment yes. so the progesterone suppositories you take those twice a day I was also taking a steroid to help with the autoimmune, autoimmune. Yeah, with the um, yeah. yes so you continue doing all of that for the first 12 weeks 
Um, so I decided I would go back to the same consultant who I went to for my son and my myomectomy and we went for our 12 week scan and you know they're all thrilled to see you back like they're lovely and you do the nurse stuff and you go through everything um, and then you wait for your scan and you know unfortunately it wasn't good news so they couldn't find any heartbeat but we, like you know when you've been through a pregnancy and you've been to all those ultrasounds you know when something's wrong. wrong. Yes. So he kept trying and, you know, the echo was just dead silent and, oh my God, I made a noise that I don't think, I don't know where it came from. Do you know what I mean? I was devastated. Yes. Yeah. But they couldn't confirm, so we had to go to CUMH um, and just get it confirmed. And it's funny because I always remember CUMH as being such a happy place. Of course. But that day it was so sad. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> no, not at all. But um, yeah, so unfortunately I had I had a miscarriage and it was a missed miscarriage. And that was probably because I was on so much, so drugs. much drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I had to have a DNC. So we had a lot on that weekend. My brother was um, getting married. It was his like stag party. So we just had to go home and, you know, my husband was going and he just went off to that. And then and then that's a huge pressure in itself, isn't yes. it? Because I'm assuming your family didn't know that no, this was all going no, on. No, they didn't. No, so no. you're there and you're having to paint on the smile, put on the happy yes. face, the two of you. Yes, yes. And it was nearly worse for him having to go of on course, the stag. The stag. <laughs> yeah. But um, I was booked in then for the Monday. But I must say now they were so kind. I was in... Um, you know, the Ashling Suite and CUMH, and obviously I'd never been there before, but they couldn't have been kinder. Um, so I went for the DNC um, with, again, the consultant who delivered my son. He came in to do it especially, which was nice to have a familiar face. Yes, absolutely, um, of course. So obviously I was off work and everything, but I'm sure loads of people have had miscarriages. It's obviously really common, but I think the combination of the two that you did IVF you yes. gave everything. You actually got pregnant. You heard a heartbeat, heartbeat. And then you had a miscarriage. Like, we were devastated. Absolutely. Um, because as you said, you've, uh, unlike, say, somebody who falls naturally pregnant, you've had, as you said, these months of preparation. Yes. And you've had months, in fact, for you, you'd had years of yes. your life invested in this whole journey. And then to have this suddenly occur I know and it was devastating but funnily enough like the only thing I was able to do like the first week I did nothing I sat at home in my pajamas but the second week I was still off work and I came to see you and I remember like if all I do is just go for acupuncture and nothing to do with fertility that's right but it definitely kept me sane I remember just coming in and I probably cried for like the first half an hour you probably <laughs> boasted <laughs> you did um and then I just remember saying to you like anything to make me feel better I don't care about fertility Yes. You know? And yeah. I remember just thinking, it's the one thing I can do this week. It's one hour. And it's all I probably did that week. But I just kept coming and it did make me feel better. And I suppose when I would have come for acupuncture originally, I just thought it was the right thing to do. Yes. Whereas like it kept me sane and got me through, you know, the really devastating yeah. times. And I know we talked a lot in those times where I was like, I'm not here now for fertility. I'm just here for myself. Yes. As in to make myself feel better and it really did help me feel better um so that was last January I mean and here we are sitting now in October and I'm currently high on fertility drugs <laughs> again <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment so yeah so I'm currently 
for those of you who have done IVF on like a fortune of drugs, the most I've ever taken, and I'm really feeling it. Um, I'm on day eight of taking fertility drugs. I'm laughing because I don't I don't know if I'm mad, if we're mad, but here we are. And um, we really just would love to have a brother or sister for our son. So yeah. our consultant actually left the clinic um, during just shortly after the miscarriage, we got a letter to say that he was leaving. So for those of you who do IVF, you'll know you get called in for the post-mortem, as I call it, when it doesn't work, you know, you yes. go, can go back in and talk about what didn't work. And we just said, you know what, we'll go because he's leaving. So it'd be nice to meet him. Um, he was a Spanish doctor, so we assumed he was going home. His wife lives in Spain with his kids. Um, but it turned out he's actually gone to a clinic up the country. So. We left that appointment and didn't talk anymore about it. This was maybe in April um, and we just enjoyed the summer, went on our holidays. Um, but I think we always thought we've won more in us, like because we felt in the negativity of what happened with the miscarriage, the IVF did work. Yes. Yeah. It did give us some bit of hope. Um, so we thought, you know what, we'll give it one more go. So we've actually moved clinics now. And that's one thing I would advise people like when he left the clinic that I went to, they had no other doctor in place or anything. So, you know, you have to have a comfort level, you yeah. know, make sure everything is right for you. I was not happy to go back there without a continuous doctor. Yep. You know, they were yep. saying, oh, there's someone from Dublin. He'll come down. But it is that continuity of care, yes. isn't it? Because it's an extremely vulnerable time. And, you know, you're investing so much emotionally, financially, you have to make sure it's right. And that's what I've learned before. I'd be like, it doesn't matter. I'll just keep going because I said I would do it in January. So I'm going to do it in January. Whereas I have learned now to time is a good healer. Yeah. Um, so we're now attending him up the country, which brings its own challenges in the sense, you know, I have to drive up and down, you know, before I would just pop in from my office next door and go for a scan. Yeah. There is a few appointments involved in it, um, but we're making it work. And so I'm on day eight now. And um, I'm doing okay. Like I have six good follicles, which isn't amazing, but that's kind of how I do. Yes. Although, but again, as you said, quality over quantity. Yeah, hopefully. So um, I feel like I've been ready for this in the sense, you know, I did some more research and I take different vitamins now. I take the medicinal mushrooms and that you advised me. I'm on the steroid for the thyroid antibody. Um, I also continued to come for acupuncture, not yes. necessarily for fertility, but I feel like I've had a good long run of having yes. the acupuncture and really, you know, got me mentally ready as well, which I think is, if not more important. Yes. Yeah. So I, you know, we'll see what happens. It's one milestone at a time. I have a scan tomorrow. I could be told, you know, it's not going as we hoped and it'll be cancelled or they'll tell me take your ovulation trigger and come back to us on you know Wednesday or Thursday I don't Thursday. know yeah. um, but look fingers crossed I'm I'm hopeful you know yes. that this is the one and then I'll say and this is the last one but anyway you never <laughs> say never <laughs> but I think that's really different this time around is um, you know just in the last year or so is you know the amount of friends I have found out that are struggling with the same it's huge. It's huge. Even talking to you, you know, yeah. weekly, I know, you know, you'd be saying um, about the different inquiries you get. And, you know, it's a lot of fertility patients 
Yeah, absolutely. Know. I think I know that the, the VHI had an ad on, uh, you know, I, was it last year or the year before? They start, you know, one in six mm -hmm. couples, you know, have fertility issues. And I, I'll be honest, I would say at this stage it's probably one in four. I'd say it's a quarter of the population at least. Yeah, I have friends like that I would have started a job with maybe 10 years ago and we would have all sat in the same office. You know, now we go for coffee, the three of us, and we're all going through the same wow. journey. Like wow. it's crazy. That's think. crazy. And it took us time. You know, we didn't all know about each other. Yeah, it's not the kind of thing that you, you, you put your latte down. You no. say, well, I'm going through IVF. Yes. What about you? Yeah. And I have to say, I didn't really talk about it and I would never be doing something like this the first time round. But I think it's much easier for me now. I've had a child. Yes, of I don't course. Know if that makes sense. But um, now as well, I rely on, you know, social media and you know forums to to increase my knowledge not to get obsessed with them yes but you know even like your stories other ones i follow on instagram like knowledge is power and you have to be your own advocate and if you feel like going to your gp and saying i've read about these things can we talk about those or your fertility consultant Brilliant. or your yes. acupuncturist yeah i think you know at least compared with back in 2015 i don't remember as much collateral like it really was in silence and yes but it's still everyone's not willing to talk about it I still have a very small number of friends that know you know yes some of my family members don't know um I think for me now it's because I, I feel like I am coming to the end of my journey you yes. know it's like whether you'd want to start telling more people at this stage but like telling people is okay I found like it takes the pressure off you know, when people invite you like to christenings and first birthday parties and weddings, and yeah. like you just can't Allergic. face it. But yeah. you you get spun in a web of lies. Whereas when you have the few friends that know, all you have to say is, "I can't go." Yes, they of course, understand. and they understand. Whereas you know, people just want you to be part of things, so they're like, "Why can't you come? We can change the date." And you're like, "Like no, I don't want." You know, I had loads of awful times where I would have been at like one year old birthday parties. I remember and like some yeah. other couple that I didn't know would come in with their twins and like I remember crying like in people's toilets in their houses oh, and I'm yeah. like why am I at this one-year-old's birthday party I don't you know it's okay my friend won't mind yes you know or people asking me to do a prayer of the faithful at a christening really kind but when you're in your low state it's too much you're like why aren't we have my baby's christening you know so I would say to people just protect yourself it's okay yes don't go to weddings if you don't want to go where people are saying yeah, I think that's now? very <laughs> yes, that's very sound advice. Yeah. And I think we do. We have a I think we're getting a bit better, but I think as Irish people, I think I suppose because family has always been the nucleus, it's always yes. been the a big thing, you know, um that we, you know, you still do have maybe some of the older generation who come up and say yeah, as you said, you're married for how long? Um, so uh, the matter of tiny feet, any, anything yeah. stirring there or anything carrying on or anything going on? And you're thinking, oh, my God, just shut up. Know, you know, we've really just lost hard. a child or we've we're going through this procedure. And as you said, and in, in 10 minutes, I have to go in and inject myself in a toilet. Yeah, you know, it's so difficult. And that's one thing actually my GP said to me very early on. You know, I felt like I'll just keep going to her and getting sick notes, you know, Um but she was like, this is going to be a long journey. And she literally, it sticks with me. She said, you're just going to have to dig deep. And I think of her all the time because you do, because yeah. you can't just get a sick note of course. for three years of your life. Yeah. And, you know, I had to sit at lunches with, you know, not just women, lots of men who would give out that they had to watch Frozen again at the weekend. And I'd nearly be crying because oh, I'm yeah. like, all I wish I could do is watch Frozen, Frozen 20 you know, times. Yeah. And 
but it's not their fault people don't know what you're going through but like it's hard every day is hard people will tell you they're pregnant of course people will tell you they're having their third baby their fourth baby and of course everywhere you look there's somebody with a bump yes so i think you definitely just have to think about your coping strategies and how you can just get through the day to day yes and can i ask did you did you say it at work? Did you w- did you tell your boss, as you said, you know, there was that time back in 2015 and you probably missed nine weeks of work and that. And, you know, is it a case of art? Did you ever feel that they were kind of maybe colleagues kind of going, she's out sick again? You yeah, know? I know exactly what you mean. So I didn't the first time round. I think a lot of that, though, was because I was going for surgeries where you do get six certs. Yes. And the hospital will give you a six cert. In IVF, they won't give you a six cert. No, of course not. Yes. Your clinic might give you one for the egg collection. It was no good to you one day. You know what I mean? Yes. To me, sometimes I just take an annual leave day. So I felt like nobody was asking me any questions. Obviously, I gave them the cert, so I was kind of covered, if okay. that makes sense. Um, so I didn't. I work for a multinational company, so my manager wouldn't have been based locally with me anyway, which helped because I was able to pop in and out for appointments okay. and things like that. Um, but this year, after the, like I went for my 12-week scan and you know I just told my manager I'd be late to work, like the appointment was at 9am. And then, all and then sudden I was suddenly sitting in the car park in Wilton, not knowing what was going on, so I just texted her. She's based here in Cork with me, and she was so understanding. Um, and then that night I just texted her and I actually told her everything like on WhatsApp I couldn't talk to her out loud like I wouldn't be able to okay. be bawling but you know what it was the best thing I ever did because okay. she knows now that I'm doing the IVF up the country and you know I met her the other day for coffee and she was like you do what you need to do like I put That's in great. two hours annual leave on Friday to go to the appointment she was like I do not want to see any more two hour annual leave so do you know what it was the best thing I ever did Good. and now I don't have to be making up lies so yes she'll know that i'll be out a day next week because it's likely going to be my egg collection but i don't know what day yes so when i text her or call her she won't even ask me any questions or i don't have to be saying will i say my son is sick or yes of course and that actually and that would be a pressure in itself yes. so it's t- it's actually alleviating that it's alleviating bit of pressure so much you. pressure and um and that can only be positive yeah and i think i would always have been really um worried about telling somebody at work but you know what, there's no shame in it. Just tell them it's really difficult thing to go through. And, you know, I have been reading, you know, following other posts that people are working on, you know, trying to get like different leave for IVF and miscarriage, you know, that you don't yes. have to use your sick leave and have your sick leave record blotted all the time, um, you know, because my husband's isn't. That's, <laughs> and actually, that's a very valid point. Yeah. You, you brought that up to me a, a couple of weeks ago in clinic when we were chatting. And it's actually an aspect I had never thought about yeah. was the fact that you were saying, you know, my my work record for the last number of years, uh, you know, really for a prospective employer, if I was to change, they'd look at it and think, oh, OK, maybe mm-hmm. not such a good bet. Um, and that even though it was all very legitimate, yeah. of course, as you said, your husband's, you know, nothing, you know, yeah. he hasn't had to miss a day. No, he took some time off around the miscarriage, but yes, that was it. Course. I don't think he even had to take sick leave. But um no, you're true. I've worked in the same company this whole time. And honest God, I don't have anything else wrong with me. I'm never sick. This is No, you never thing. are. <laughs> but I've literally had like 12 general anaesthetics and it's all because of fertility. Yes. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. crazy. Um, but yeah, I think there's work being done on that. And rightly so, that there's more entitlement to the types of leave. But again, it just comes back to trying to manage it all. But you just have to mind yourself. 
Absolutely. And take the time if you need it, no matter what your record might say. Absolutely. And um, one final question, because yes. you've done a sterling <laughs> job. You've been amazing. Thank you for being so no honest. Um, and that is, and this is might be a sticky one, and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, is what what do you think the effect of this on your relationship with your husband was? Like, it's difficult. Um, so we both really wanted children. So that okay. helps, right? Yes, He absolutely. was 100% invested. Great. This wasn't me saying, I really want a child. And, you know, he wasn't And he's so sitting sure. on the fence. Yeah, fence, no, yeah. we really wanted this. To be honest with you, he would probably want to do more IVFs or have a third child or a fourth child. Do you know what I okay. mean? Whereas I'm like, I'm, I've had enough now. I'm doing all the work. Um, it's challenging. Like, it was easier when we didn't have our son. Yes. To be fair. Okay. We came yes, home from work. I wasn't like thinking, who's putting the child to bed while I have to inject myself three times? Do yes. you know what I mean? Yes. Um, but now we just manage it differently. Like he will do everything to do with our son in the sense like while we're now doing this IVF, he will do all the dropping and collecting to crash. Brilliant. He will do bedtime every night and I just go then and do my injections. So he's fully invested. Um, we do laugh like you have to laugh yes as in in the sad times we do try and get ourselves out of it and we're optimistic we're also very happy if we just if we just have one child like we have discussed that we will be okay okay great if we also used to talk about this when we had no children okay so I think you have to yes absolutely I suppose have the same goals if that makes sense Yes. Like if he was not going to be happy with no children, then maybe that would have had a negative effect on our relationship. Um, but he's really supportive and he's happy to do anything in the sense when I bring him home, the protandum that you recommended, you know, <laughs> yes. he'll take He'll them. take it. Yeah. yeah. He's currently taking this awful orange drink for sperm quality. But like okay. he That's not what I gave every him. day. No, you didn't <laughs> give him that. <laughs> so, I mean, there's been hard times, but like we get through it and it's made us stronger if I'm to be honest it's yes kill each other when I'm high on fertility drugs you know <laughs> but he gets it he just walks away <laughs> <laughs> um but no we're in it together for sure that's super and I think yeah. the fact as you said you, you're keeping the lines of communication open and really positive I think too as you said to look at the what ifs what if this doesn't work what if we never have children what if we so that you've got some sort of yep. idea and some sort of plan in place and as you said the fact that you're singing from the same hymn sheet well then that makes a huge Absolutely. difference yeah it does brilliant thank you so much for taking time out from your husband and your toddler <laughs> on a Sunday morning to come in and have a chat and thank you so much for your honesty Michelle this yeah. has been fantastic no thank you Fiona thanks